Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I am your party host, scrapping your bourbon, your beer, or your brew, half a sugar and oat milk, just the way you like it. Strap in for some geeky whoa, going. Whoa, whoa, Half a sugar and oat milk? What parallel reality have we come into? Where's my almond milk? Keeping it modern. That is the voice of the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark, our tea connoisseur. How you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, Jets. I'm doing very well. If, if a little worried that I've slipped into a parallel reality. Um, check, and it's strange because I have noticed a goatee on the other person, so this might be the Mirrorverse. It is our Mr. Fantastic. Jarmed Prince that was promised. How you doing, Alternate B? After all is said and done, you'll never walk, you'll never run. You're a winner. Yes. You've got the moves, you know the street. Break the rules, take the heat. You're nobody's fool. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in the house. You're the best when it gets, when the going gets rough. You've put the... No, sort of. You've been put to the <laughs> test. And it's never enough. You've got the touch. You've got the power. That's it. That's all you're getting now. Unless you two want to carry on. Go on. Uh, yes, on. I'm so tempted. <laughs> right in the eye. Oh, come on. Back to the show. That is um, a special hello to all of our listeners from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon to the junk planet. Um, planet of please watch Transformers the movie. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for listening. For con- thank you for continuing to rate, review, subscribe, and share, um, and get involved in the conversation at Geeking In Pod where you can uh, tell us about your favourite parts of Transformers the movie, because, you know, why wouldn't we want to talk about the 1986 film um, in great detail? Um, and whilst you're at Geeking In Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, you can click on the profile that takes you to our Linktree link that takes you to everywhere we are, including Teesprings, which sells our T-shirts, our mugs and our masks. And our T-shirts will deliver anywhere, straight to your house. They will go to the house of me. They will go to the house of T. They will go to the house of B. They may even go to the house Targaryen. (laughs) He's back form. speaking, (laughs) that's that's questionable. And speaking of questionable form, we're in for more Game of Thrones. Uh, The upcoming trailer for the House of Dragon, um, uh, the Book of Fire and Blood uh, has been dropped. Um, this tracks the House Targaryen two centuries before of the War of the Five Kings um, and uh, features Matt Smith as Daemon Targaryen, the rogue prince, uh, as he reflects on what made the Targaryens kings. Spoilers, dragons. Um, the synopsis says the prequel series finds the Targaryen dynasty in the absolute apex of its power with more than 15 dragons under their yoke uh, most empires uh, real and imagined have crumbled from such heights 
In the case of the Targaryens, their slow fall begins almost 193 years before the events of Game of Thrones, where King Viserys Targaryen breaks with the century of tradition by naming his daughter Renya uh, heir to the Iron Throne. Uh, but when Viserys later fathers a son, the court is shocked. Renya retains her status as his heir and seeds of division sow friction across the realm. Confidence is high with HBO. They did a straight to series 10 order, 10 episode order, um, and it is expected to debut in 2022. Um, B, we'll start with you because you loved <laughs> most of mm. Game of Thrones. About this last week, B, of how much you loved the latter seasons. No. Well, there's only one season I didn't like. <clears throat> uh, and that never happened as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm so, so looking forward to this. It's, it's going to be absolutely awesome. The teaser really, really whetted my appetite. And, you know, I just hope it it goes back to how Game of Thrones originally was, how it was written, how it was shot. Um and this looks very much like it. Um, if no one's seen the teaser trailer, um, then I suggest you seek it out. It looks awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ooh. It's, um, yeah, definitely threatens to be something impressive. Um, T, what were your first impressions? Um uh, yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, I'm a Matt Smith fan. I've, you know, I've, I've read um, uh, the Encyclopedia once. I've read uh, the World of Ice and Fire, so that's where you first get introduced to the. So, from, from a context, apart from the the series that is not actually finished, uh, George R. R. Martin's also co-written this massive like encyclopedia of the world. So that's the World of Ice and Fire. Um, and a bit like um, Tolkien with uh, the Similarian, this is kind of all the background stuff. Um, and within there, you've got this story. So you've got the Dance of Dragon story. What he did as he was doing that is there was like so much material, he pulled it out and said it's going to be its own book. Um, and then he was writing that, and then that became so big, and he was like, oh, it's going to be two books. And he published the first one, and I was going to buy it. And then I was like, no, you've played this trick on me before. I don't believe you're ever going to publish the second one, so I'm not going to bother. Um, so yeah, it's an it's an it's a really interesting story. Um, it's cool in the way, say, Star Wars prequels were in the sense of you know when you had A New Hope and all of those films, you know that was post Jedi. Uh, that was like the only like three lightsabers in that world and the Force of this forgotten thing and whatever. And then you go back and you get to see them at their peak. Uh, and this is you know you get to see the actual the dance of dragons, the big fight. So it's seeing you know that world at their peak where you've got like fucking you a war with dragons just fighting each other interestingly not the peak of dragons because that was even prior to that most of the dragons were wiped out the targaryens were the only valerian family to survive with dragons and they came over to the to seven the kingdoms took it over so there's still kind of history the thing that i think makes me a little bit less interested in this story is i think it's got the same problem as in a way like lord of the rings does so there is this giant history of this world he's created, and it's re very mm. interesting, and there's lots of history, there's lots of story. But the most interesting part is 
kind of the end bit because that's when there's the prophecy of Azora High and all of this kind of big stuff that's going down and you know who's going to take out the Night King apparently Arya with a backflip or something but you know all that stuff coming to a head is then you know actually Sauron's defeat all of that stuff is right at the end that's like Lord of the Rings um, the prequel to that whilst there are interesting stories I don't think is as interesting as you know actually seeing the prophecy fulfilled and you know uh, the Sith wiped out with Luke and Darth you know that kind of stuff um, so part of me just feels like it's it, it, it'd be a cool thing to see it'd be a cool visual the excitement we had with Game of Thrones the show and through reading the books with the Song of Ice and Fire books is oh shit let's, what, what's the theory who's the prince that was promised who's mm-hmm. Zora High who's going to fight the Night King what the fuck is the Night King what's going on not knowing any of that stuff we don't really have that because we sort of know how it ends and you know, we know what happens with the House of Targaryens, and we know eventually it leads to the world that we know of in Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, but it's the journey. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the I'm, I'm excited for the visuals. I'm excited to, to mm. see the story. I think it will be interesting. Ignoring the latter seasons, which you know we all sort of agree on, I think the excitement of Game of Thrones wasn't just the journey. It was the theories. It was the who the fuck's, you know, is Jon Snow dead? Is what the hell's going on? Is he going to come, you know, what? Oh, there are, there are wildlings across the wall. What they were, they all, there was just so much unknown and so much excitement and so much chatter and so many theories. Um, I was uh, reading the books and at the set, you know, I can't remember what the whole order was. I was rewatching the show, I was rereading the books, like reading like wiki pages and like YouTube videos and. Um, I was flying back and forth to Bangladesh at the time, and like it was, I was talking to people in two different countries, in two different continents, all obsessed with the same thing. <laughs> and literally, everyone he spoke to was like, "Well, oh, wait, 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 which book are you on? How far are you? Or you are caught up? Have you seen the latest episode?" It was that kind of stuff. That was what I felt like the phenomenon of um, of Game of Thrones was, and I don't expect this to meet that. So I guess what I'm I want to lower my expectations. I just think I think it'll be a fun visual. It'll be. Th- I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really into the you know, Lord of the Rings aside. I'm not massively into the fantasy genre stuff anyway. But I think it will be a really excellent kind of fantasy swords and sandals kind of show. Um, I I don't think it will be the cultural phenomenon um, that Game of Thrones was. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's um, uh, going to be an interesting series to watch. I think it's going to be um, a, a, a very captivating and beautiful series to watch. Um, I think that the problem of knowing where this all ends up is going to be, you know, I always think that's problematic with with prequels. I've said it on every single prequel is you have to kind of stick the landing. The problem with this is you have to stick the landing to a point where everyone then gets disappointed again. Mm. Um, uh, and, and you know, can you can you carry this without having the baggage of you know how Game of Thrones finished? And I don't know if you can. Um, you know, is there going to be as much? Um, support in the market for it bearing in mind how games of game of thrones finished um game of thrones final season is such a weird one because i've never 
experienced something that was so bad it retroactively put people off the earlier bits. You know, you cannot like. For, for, I, I cannot like the last. Sorry, the the rise of Skywalker, but I still enjoy watching the Last Jedi. I still enjoy watching. Um, I think with TV shows, there's the there is this point of it kind of almost you know poisons the well though, doesn't it? Because you know Dexter, I think a lot of people kind of soured on because of the ending. Um, uh, How I Met Your Mother, again, you know, one of my 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 personal loves, and then in the last season they do some very very, you know, bizarre and wonky stuff that kind but of see, makes it all a little bit different. That, I mean, okay, so I, I so How I Met Your Mother is an interesting one. I, I, I the show gets dated. That's an issue with it, but I still enjoy watching episodes of the show. I'm not I, without well, having the... but I, yeah, and I think that's the thing in the sense of if you're watching episodes. I think you're probably insulated from it. When you're watching it as a run, mm. then there's huge chunks of it that mean nothing. That's a good point, yeah. Um, and the same with Game of Thrones. I think there are episodes that you can watch. You can watch scenes. It works very well on YouTube in kind of, you know, here's the scene of so-and-so, and here's the yeah, vid of so-and-so, and, yeah. and here's, you know, Sansa releasing the hounds on, on um, Ramsay Bolton, and, you know, all of those kind of things you know, work in themselves. But, you know, going for the ride in the same sort of way, there's huge chunks that you're kind of sitting there going, none of this matters, none of this matters, none of this matters, none of this matters, skip to the end, none of this matters. Um, and that's, I think, going to be the difficult bit is, is you know, picking... And it's funny because, you know, um, I, I, I mentioned how I met your mother and and... Game of Thrones, How I Met Your Mother is having a spin-off of uh, How I Met Your Father, um, which will be mm. interesting to see how that reacts again for exactly the same thing of, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, the fool doesn't get fooled again, I think was the, uh, the mm. George W. Bush quote. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, and I, I, I do think it's going to be difficult to to, to, to keep it going to that level. Um, especially as there's an element of one of the things that kind of made everyone have that kind of sharp intake of breath with Game of Thrones was the realisation that no one's safe. Mm -hmm. um, from the very beginning where yeah. Bran becomes broken. Um, mm -hmm. You know, end of the first episode. Um and if you go in knowing that, does that curtail? And I guess, you know, the answer is probably not because you went into the rest of Game of Thrones knowing that. Um, and everyone was still mortified by the Red Wedding. Um, I mean, I, I rewatched mm. Game of Thrones, I think, one to five so many times. This is before it ended, right? And so my second and third watch of those were still amazing. They were still like properly exciting stuff yeah um no even knowing and because it was also very layered right and again it because it was about those theories and things and what's next what's so i know what's happening next immediately but i still want to figure out what's next further down the line and now you know what further down the line is yeah exactly I, I the just, same I, principle. i've not watched it since you know i just can't bring myself to watch it 
Is that because of the final season? Mm. It's a weird thing, but I, I, I'm just not interested. Mm. Yeah, and and that's the bit. I I don't see what the take up will be because of that. Mm. Um, and there is an element that when Game of Thrones came out, there was nothing like it. Yeah. You know, no one was doing fantasy, no one was doing dragons, no one was doing that kind of thing. Um, now, it's a little bit more, you know, and the money that's in this is ridiculous, so it's going to look amazing. But I don't know. I don't know if it finds its audience in the same sort of way, especially being H- HBO Max. Um, <laughs> Everyone's just going to pirate it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Game of Thrones always wore that as a badge of honour. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um, it does, you know, it's going to be on HBO Max in Europe in 2022 uh, because the HBO Max in Europe rollout is about to start. Yeah. Um, it is, as I look for the tweet I was just reading, uh, launching in Europe later this month. The Nordic countries are launching HBO Max as of October the 26th. Um, so it's beginning to um, move over here, which means it won't be on Sky Atlantic. It won't be on some of the channels that, that you know, the audience so found well done itself. HBO Max after Game of Thrones, after Silicon Valley, after Justice League, after Watchmen, uh, when you've got a show that people probably want to watch <laughs> you have decided to launch in Europe um, I mean it's this and Peacemaker plus all the oh and Titans plus all the ridiculous films yeah um, but the ridiculous films are for the rest of this year aren't they yeah. so um, by the time it rolls out across Europe it'll probably be too late for the same day film releases, but will be for for Game of Thrones. And is it is that strong enough to launch a, another streaming service in in Europe? I mean, God, how many streaming services are you going to end up with? It's a you're back to cable TV, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and some of this is plus cable TV. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know this is a bit of a, a, a divergence from what we're talking about, but um, we've all got Netflix, mm-hmm. more access to Netflix. Mm-hmm. We've all got Amazon Prime. Yep. We've all got Disney. Mm-hmm. Is this your fourth? This is the one where I may start to pick and choose. It's so so. So Netflix was, you know, the early game in town. We got Netflix. Prime came with the delivery and all of that stuff. So it was, it was the package, really. Um, yeah. And we definitely watch far less Prime than we do, you know, on Netflix and things. Disney Plus was a slam dunk, you know, on when when you've got all your Marvel and Star Wars, and also I've got children and all of that stuff. So. And it was very affordable. It was very cheap. It was, you know, for what it is, it's amazing. So Disney Plus, we didn't even think twice about. Um, so for various reasons, these three were obvious yeses. Um, this HBO Max is that point where do I start thinking, 
oh, I'll cancel Netflix for the next three months and do HBO Max. And then once I've seen those shows, I'll cancel that again and come back to Netflix or whatever. I don't think you're wrong. Um, and part of that is, I mean, it will be interesting to see what the HBO Max is in regards to whether it's mm. weekly or whether it's all in one go. And how um, much it is. But, you know, you could almost kind of run Netflix on a seasonal element. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they are closer to kind of one big thing a quarter. So, I mean, if, if HBO Max is, say, Forty pounds for the year. I mean, yeah, then fine, I get it. <laughs> so if it's you know twenty pounds for the year, I'll do that too. You know, <laughs> but in terms, you know, I mean, the yeah, there is something around how they diversify that interest. So, is the way. Prime, I'm locked into Prime because I'm into the other stuff off Prime. Um, is there some kind of offer there? Or is it the Disney model of, hey, we'll give you everything you want and we'll do it to you. We'll give it to you mega cheap. Um, and we'll keep adding stuff so cons- consistently. You know, which, which they won't be able to do because Disney's doing that through just basically buying everything. Um, you know, so I, I think HBO Max will struggle. I think Netflix may start to struggle. Um, but for me, um, Every couple of months, I go back into watching like a different season of Star Trek. So as long as Netflix got got hold of that, it was fine. You know, I know America, the American Office was a big one for people, but those are very like specific licenses. The moment yeah. Star Trek goes off of Netflix, I'm thinking, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing with this? Yeah, I, I think it is going to 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 start getting blurry um, on it. You know, it 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 could be that. Know, that that's too many um mm-hmm. in one go and and you know you'll start and it's 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 five isn't it because the other one that's up and around that sort of gets used and sort of gets talked about is apple tv mm. which you know ted lasso it seems to be the big thing on it um that's yeah, very it's... much for people who yeah, all all your devices are Apple, right? Yeah. Everything you're doing is Apple. So it's, that's the package deal of it. It's not... So I, me as an Android user, I have never thought once about getting Apple TV. The, the content of it has not excited me in the slightest. Or as much as I do want to watch Ted Lasso. No, and that's the only one that I, I you know, wish to, to watch in a certain way. But I, I'm, I'm sure there will be other ways to, to, to watch that later down the line. Um, but you know, it could be that, that five's too many. It could mm-hmm. be that, uh, that's what kills the market in some sort of way. And people have to start picking and choosing and won't watch all five. Um, and speaking of five being too many, um, a, a Marvel studios, India release, uh, has suggested that we might be getting five Marvel films next year. What? No idea where you're going with this one. I love it. <laughs> so um, we already knew that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is due to la- launch around March. We knew that love, blood, Thor, Love and Thunder was May. Uh, we know that the current planning is for 
Black Panther, Panther Wakanda Forever to land in July. We knew that the Marvels was due around November. But uh, Marvel Studios India put up on their uh, graphic that October the 7th, 2022, we're expecting Blade. Really? The tweet's then wow. since been deleted. Um, but um, timing-wise, you know, that works out perfectly. It would be October. It would be the Halloween film. Um, mm. So it, it is potential that actually um, we will be seeing uh, the Daywalker very, very soon. Uh, this is obviously the Mahershala Ali reboot mm-hmm. of Blade. Um, I mean, we've not taking seen forward. anything about them filming it, any behind the scenes, you know. Well, it was, it was kind of missing from the, from the announcements that they made. But you, but you know, don't you? You know, hey, oh, they're filming something in my mm. city. Oh, I saw Mahershala Ali in a black jacket walking down outside of Starbucks or whatever. So, I mean, it does, you know, we've not seen much about the Marvels recording anything yet either. Um, we've not seen a lot coming out from the Black Panther stuff, which we know is already in progress, um, partly because everything's being kept so close. And they did record an entire Black Widow film without anyone noticing. So they have hiding this stuff. done it before. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's no longer looking for Blue Harvest, obviously. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. So I, I guess the first part T is is five too many. March, May, July, October, November. I mean, uh, is no. that too many Marvel films in one year for you? So yeah, I mean, if we're talking about market saturation, are we going to get tired of it and all that kind of stuff? I, I think we're in a weird time. I think we're coming out of you know global lockdowns and things like that. There there are no rules here at, at the moment. People are hungry. People are looking for reasons to go to the cinema, um, and people are still nervous about it. And people are readjusting to all of this stuff. If there are five Marvel films coming out, you know there will be five sets of there will be five times that Marvel fans go out to the cinema during that year. Um, there's there is also, you know. Marvel's scheduling. They they've made these films, or they're making these films, and they're producing the next one. They've, the machine's in motion, right? It's producing things at the rate at which it's producing things, and there's no point shelving them and keeping them long. We've seen that happen over and over again, and in that time, someone else uses the idea, and your one feels late, or actually, I don't know, special effects moves on, and your one feels ridiculous or whatever. Um, and especially when you're trying to tell an interconnected story across multiple platforms so it's you know i want to reveal this thing on this film and then it's going to show up and and play a big part in this show and then it's going to be on the streaming service and whatever whatever you need to try and keep to that timetable i totally understand why they would do five i think it's absolutely fine to do five if we're talking about you know saturation of marvel films or saturation of superhero films and stuff like that the fall of that will not be because there happened to be a year where you released five. It will be because we're heading in that direction regardless. 
also be, I mean, technically this is six within 372 days because Eternals comes out 5th of November this year, seven in 322 days because this doesn't include Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling about um, your, your Cineworld pass getting an absolute battering? <laughs> about time. Um itching yeah so more the merrier i mean i'm slightly worried that it could be you know as the saying goes too much of a good thing is a bad thing um you know not only have we got the cinema releases we all have the tv shows um and you know there's i'm sure there's more tv shows that we haven't heard that are just going to appear we've got the specials um etc so I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit frightened. Um, I'm so surprised to hear you say that. I'm interested. That's really interesting. I am a little bit frightened. Um, I, I love, you know, um, you, you'll get to hear my recommendation shortly, but I love Marvel movies. Um, it, it's, it's my escape and it's always my go-to feel good movie. Um, anytime that I'm, low or anything like that i'll hit up disney plus and flick to the marvel tab um and you know that's my escape but i'm iron man (laughs) three maybe uh not seen it in a while in fact i only seen it once (laughs) um but it's christmas coming up it's a good time to rewatch it Mm. um yeah it it I don't know. It frightens me a little bit. I mean, I, th- I think there's a, an interesting point there about the TV shows because, you know, on top of this, you're going to have the shows we know about, like Hawkeye, Miss mm. Marvel, Secret Invasion, um, uh, Armor Wars. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are rumored, uh, like Secret War, like um, Ghost Rider. Um, uh, Echo, which may be in essence uh, uh, Daredevil series four, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's 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 huge amount of of, of TV properties as well. Um, Loki series two, what if series two? Um, so you are only ever going to be kind of you know probably a matter of weeks away from a Marvel, a new Marvel property landing. It's going to start, if all of these kind of link together and work through, especially once you've created a multiverse effect, it is going to start getting very difficult to, to keep your, 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 your viewing on track. So you're up to date with everything. Indeed. I mean, I don't think that's a problem we're going to have. <laughs> Let's be honest. When, when you say we, <laughs> which two of this three are you talking about? Oh, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, also, it's it's it's. it's I was going to say it's the old, your old Stan Lee quote that you use, isn't it? Everything's someone's first. Yeah, and I think they make these things accessible enough. You know, they they know they've got 
new audiences, new children coming in, and you know, our Spider-Man three, or No Way Home is going to be a lot of children's first uh, first time they see a Spider-Man movie. Um, and they'll make it so that you can understand it without having. Yeah, to and I'm I'm, the I'm sure it's completely coincidental that um, both Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man have just turned up on Netflix as well as other streaming devices mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and don't and, forget, you know, Venom's launch in the cinema in the US. How oh, could I possibly forget? What's launching? I missed that. Sorry. Uh, um, Venom. Let there be. Oh, yes, of course. Let there be CG. Have um, you seen it yet, B? N- no, it hasn't dropped here yet. It's, it's um, been released in the US. Um, but I know uh, Jay's looking forward to it. He's going to love it. <laughs> when is it released over here? Uh, next week, I want to say. Hang on, let me just look at my Cine World app. See when my tickets are booked for. 59% Rotten Tomatoes currently. October 15th. There we go, yep. 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. That's pretty good, isn't it? <sighs> Exciting. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's It's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot, but you know, I, I think they've given up on 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 sugarcoating it anymore. It's kind of like you know, everyone knows what they're in for now. Everyone knows the ride. Everyone knows this is long term storytelling in short term, fairly contained stories. Um, uh, so it looks like they're 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 going great guns on it, and it looks like they're also trying to make up for lost time, obviously with the delays of last year. Um, so we've not talked a lot about Blade. Um, we've talked about our love of the original Blade trilogy. Um, T, let's start with you. What are your hopes, dreams, expectations for the new Blade? Um, I don't. I, I think it'll be great. I don't have a lot really. I think Mahershala Ali is amazing. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed the first couple of Blade films, even, even Trinity to a degree. No, it's fine. Um, and I don't expect this to be anything like that. I also like that I feel I feel like the Marvel Phase 4 stuff has been much more experimental. Um, so Phase you know, phase one, they're just figuring things out. Phase two was like, oh, we'll just do the same, but again, and it was a bit shitty. Phase Start three layering was... them. So, said again, sorry? Starting to layer them. Mm. Yeah, so for phase three, you know, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was building towards Infinity War, and you had the whole Infinity Saga, blah, 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 all worked out. Now it's sort of, um, yeah, you know, Black Widow felt like a very, very different film. Um We've got the TV shows, so I think it's a really nice time to catch to to watch Blade to get Blade. I think Blade might not feel like a Marvel film. Um, I think you know Eternal, what what we currently think of the traditional Marvel film, like the first half of Shang Chi, didn't feel like a traditional Marvel film. Um, uh, I don't think Eternals will feel like a traditional Marvel film, and that's very exciting to me. 
I do love Marvel. I do love all of that stuff, but I like that these, you know, so I would like Blade, not necessarily to have to feel like a horror movie, but to feel quite different. I don't want to see, you know, Mahershala Ali be all quippy, for example. You know, I want to see the character be different and interesting, and I think it will be. Are you saying the Wesley Snipes Blade wasn't quippy? <laughs> Some motherfuckers always got an ice skate up a hill. <laughs> fuck me, motherfucker, fuck you. Um... <laughs> what a film, man. Honestly, they were just so good. <laughs> so ridiculous. That's why we all recommended them uh, on that given week back in... <laughs> August last year. Insane. Um, B, what about you? What are, what are you hoping for for the new incarnation of Blade? Uh, well, what I'm not hoping for is a new incarnation. I just want to see the old Blade back because I think that's a winning formula. Um, you want to see Snipes again? I, I would love to see Snipes again. I hope he's got some kind of a little bit. He's of cameo got to role. have a cameo, isn't he? Oh, I know it'd be yeah. fantastic, fantastic. Of you. I mean, it's I don't so know if they'd be ballsy enough to bring him in as the IRS agent or something. But, uh... <laughs> you know, after seeing him in um, Coming to America too, I just felt like, yes, you know, you, you can make fun of yourself. You're fine. This will be great. Bring him in. Oh, no, you know what? If there's a winning formula, why why break it? Um, I I remember watching Blade 1 in the cinema, Blade 2 in the cinema, and Blade 3 in the cinema. And they were awesome experiences. Um, I thought the character was what I expect Blade to be. Um, Really? Yeah, I I really Uh... do. I thought Wesley Snipes played him perfectly. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you about <laughs> this is the segment where I call you guys old because I was a child when, this, when these films came out. I wasn't able to go to the cinema. Um, <laughs> call old by someone who's almost fucking forty as well. Um, yeah, I mean the uh, the age difference between us is is like negligible. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, listen, to you old ass man. What I'm asking. Speak up, Shani. From my understanding, <laughs> it was Snipes that defined Blade as we know him now. So the black trench coat, the look, the, all of this stuff was, it was all snipes. Mm. So, so, and and so, so I'm really interested to hear your view on this. I, I was under the impression if you were a fan of the Blade comics and then you went in to watch the film, the character was very different. It wasn't what you expected him to be, but then it was so powerful that it changed the comics. Yeah, so that was my understanding. I, I, so um, the, the, the Blade from the 1970s comic, I think he debuted, um, yeah, was similar, um, but not the same. So, um, you know, very different look, ski jacket, all the rest of it. The, the, some of the, the mythos is, is similar. Uh, you know, how he got there was slightly different. You know, the, the film had the... the, the uh, origin of his mum being bitten by a vampire whilst pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the original was a little bit more mystical than that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 film, the like they did with the X Men comics, the comic then adapted to follow the film. 
unlike the X-Men comics, the the comic kind of stayed a little bit more true to this incarnation of him. So even now in the comics, because he's having quite a resurgence in, in the comics now, um, it is, you know, very similar haircut, sunglasses, very similar, very similar outfit. Mm. Um, so it was, you know, so it's it's one of those kind of, you know, it is it is almost the definitive yeah. definition of Blade now, not the original definitely I think the Wesley Snipes portrayal is more up to date um, you know you, you talk about Marvel and you know cinema bosses and, and cinema houses tweaking characters to, to suit the audience and, and catering for them and I think that's what Wesley Snipes did in, in his portrayal of, of Blade and I think that's spot on. Um, and like you said, um, you want to see a little bit something a little bit different. Well, I think this will be a little bit different. I think mm. this will be Marvel really bringing their A game and kind of moving away from the mouse, um, the mouse um, model. Really, I think. Um, I just hope they they maintain this is this is going to be their R version of of Deadpool. But like... well, uh, yeah. So that, I think that's the interesting thing is I think that this will give us an indication of what we're expecting with Deadpool, because this is going to be their most adult. Hmm. You would imagine their most adult title to date, and depending on how um, close they go will give us an idea of kind of what we're seeing with Deadpool, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, yes, we were talking... I was just going to say, ratings are a weird thing anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it, ratings are a game you play, where it's, oh, if I just swap out all the, the squibs with... the red squibs with black squibs, I can go down a rating. You know, if I only use... Uh, if I only say fuck once, then I can go down a rating. If I say it twice, it's gone up, you know. It... You, I feel like you can tell the story you want to tell and then pull it into the rating that you want with sort of with subtle tweaks and not necessarily lose the whole story. So you could have yeah, quite a dark, I... gritty, scary film and still get, I don't know what Marvel films are rated, but, you know, whatever, 15, 12A, whatever, or PG, you know. And how much of that matters when you're in the... Um... So, you know, Logan and and Deadpool showed that you can make kind of R-rated movies if that's what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. If everything's going to end up in a a streaming channel anyway, which is driving people to to subscribe and, you know, pay more money to see them again and again, does it make much of a difference if we're talking about 45-day runs in the cinema anyway? Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to balance all of that out, I think. Um, But I think it is that point of how, how mature a story do you want to tell? Um, and that will kind of set, I think, totally some some interesting kind of conversations going forward. Um, but yeah, I was going to say that you know, I, as I was just saying, you know, Blade is seeing quite the resurgence in in comics at the moment. Um, he's an Avenger. He's so he's front and center with with a lot of the stories. He was front and center with 
the Heroes Reborn story that was recently going through. He's front and center with uh, the Darkhold story that's just about to start. Um, they really have embraced him in in kind of mainstream comics in a way that he hasn't a long, long time. Mm. Um, have you been reading any of the the, the modern Blade stuff? Um, no. <laughs> uh, my poor list at the moment is 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 too much at the moment, so um, I haven't really. But I mean, I will once I finish reading current stuff that I'm doing, then I will go back and revisit him because that's the kind of stuff that I really do enjoy. Um, the Heroes Reborn stuff is is definitely on my list uh, to visit. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's on the list. I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's very interesting how um, how he's found a mainstream acceptance. I mean, you know, even even back in you know the, the Wesley Snipes original film heyday, I don't think you could have imagined him being in the comics Avengers lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be very interesting to kind of see how they pull that through and, and work it through. Um, and I mean, I, I guess it's the perfect year to do it because. You know, if you're going to introduce the world of vampires and everything else, a window through the multiverse gives you exactly that. You know, you you can show, you know, just like Marvel Zombies, just like anything else, you can show this world where there is a vampire plague and there is a um, a daywalker who stands up to them and and you know fights for whatever exactly he's fighting for. Mm-hmm. Humanity. So we shall see. We shall see whether Blade does drop in October next year. It could be this time next year. We are talking about Blade, um, counting down the days until we go and see it for a Halloween treat. Um, and we will be able to get our, a lot of answers, I think, from the Multiverse of Madness um, in March that shows us you know, what's going to happen and what if we stumble over a, a universe full of of vampires and what if is where we're going next um but before we talk about that just in case you've not caught up just in case you haven't managed to to watch it in the last week uh we're going to do our recommendations so that you can leave us you can go and uh enjoy your week and come back to us next week without us spoiling uh this week's what if so um B, you were teasing it. What would you like to be your recommendation? So my recommendation uh, this week, I stumbled on completely by accident. I was uh, surfing YouTube and um, I came across a, um, what can only be described as a bonus disc. In fact, the title is a bonus disc. And it's a bonus disc which is attached to the Avengers um, 2012 movie, uh, Marvel's Cinematic Universe, and it tells the story of how um, Marvel Studios um, began um, initially with the comics. It talks about um, how it, it became Marvel, um, originating from Timely Comics to where it is today, how it grew from just being a, pub, um, a published uh, publication um, into the universe that you see today 
Um, it start, obviously starts off with Iron Man and goes through all the movies leading up to the Avengers. Um, and it has some great interviews with all the character, um, the stars. Um, obviously, Kevin Feige's in it. Um, Stan Lee's in it. Um, and it's just one hour, 38 minutes of pure um, enjoyment, storytelling. Um, if you don't know the Marvel story, um, leading up to the Avengers, I think this is perfect for you to get into that. Amazing. Now, some of this might be on Disney Plus, but this is kind of a more in-depth and full. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got the Blu-ray or, or DVD of this, then this will be your bonus disc one. Um, if so, if you, you have had the American Blu-ray. Or DVD, so I think mm. I remember this one. B, so the, so when uh, Avengers came out in 2012, the UK DVD and Blu ray release just didn't have all the special features, oh. and the American one was like some kind of four disc release, um, and it was really hard to get a hold of. Um, and this is what this you know, and that was the time when, like, you know, not, we didn't know everything about every, all the superheroes and all this mm. stuff, and them coming together was just so fucking mind blowing. I think I remember watching this. Um, and it's worth noting as well, um, this was a time when like Captain America wasn't a particularly uh, well-known superhero. You know, the mm. Avengers... Definitely not well-loved. Yeah, that's, that's a better point. Well-loved. Same with Iron Man. You know, they didn't yeah, have yeah. The, the screen presence that, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, those kind of people did. Um, X-Men, so, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm. it. Wolverine and Spider-Man were your Marvel heroes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I've seen it. I, I think it's really interesting. Um, it's probably quite interesting to watch now, so many years later, um, be, because that was the time when you know seeing the six of them on stage at Comic Con was mind blowing, mm. and then you had like the Infinity War Comic Con like years later, where it's literally they fill the stage and no one else but you know, three hundred twenty um, people. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it was it was really cool. It's you know I think almost just like it's a historical document. It's exciting oh, it is. To watch. Yeah, I mean um, they they talk about you know how they went out to all these writers, uh, asking them to write a script for Iron Man, and writer after writer after writer after writer all turned them down, saying that there's no there's there's, there's going to be nothing in this. They they can't write a script for Iron Man, mm-hmm. and look at this IP today. It is. It launched, you know, the Marvel universe as we know it today. Um, it's also what you what you've learned since, right? So we know a lot of Iron Man was sort of done in the edit. You know, mm-hmm. we know all. I mean, it's all the, the, there's all that like Joss Whedon quippy dialogue. There's all the stuff that was done right up until the last minute. Favreau was editing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and once the mask was down. They were just experimenting with different lines and different lines and different lines. It didn't matter because <laughs> you had a character with a mask on, mm. and he could say anything and lip sync with anything. Um, yeah, so it is really uh, it's an excellent recommendation, B. And I and I'm quite I although I've seen it, I'm kind of excited to rewatch it, knowing what we know now. It's very cool. So I think linked to this, one of the things I'd recommend is. Um... I think it's movies that made us. Oh yeah. Um, now I, I I struggle with movies that made us because the the jump cuts are pretty rough uh, on it. Um, but there is uh, one about Elf, 
um, and John Favreau kind of coming in and not being taken seriously and being able to find kind of the heart in the story. And there's so much of it when you listen uh, echoes what you've heard about John Favreau and Marvel trying to kind of come together with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think, I think off before this, he did jungle books. So it was kind of like a real weird step forward or maybe that was, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of this that kind of, and also comes through in the, um, uh, Disney gallery stuff about mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a real good companion piece of kind of, you know, those those finding those notes and what it is about that storyteller that resonated with them to set the tone right in it. Um, so yeah, really good, really good uh, pick. You know, um, I'm just going to jump on that as well. There's uh, uh, Ben who edits, Ben from Canada, who edits the Mr. Sunday Movies YouTube channel, who, who I think we've recommended or recommended his videos before. He does these like thought pieces and one of them he did recently was... Um, on Chef, the John Favreau movie, mm-hmm. and how really it's about John Favreau making Iron Man two, and <laughs> it's amazing. It's so I mean everything Ben from Canada does is amazing, but that it, if you, in fact if you're gonna watch these these say if it's a trilogy of watching uh, the disc one <laughs> behind the scenes and then watching so... movies that made us, then go watch Ben from Canada's video on Chef. So our recommendations now also come with companion pieces. That's what we've just <laughs> the learned. John Favreau trip behind the scenes trilogy, it seems. But that's not either of our recommendations. So, so T, what's your recommendation for the week? Um, so I say for the week is a bit much because it's a lot to read. But um, I'm going to recommend the Song of Ice and Fire books. Um, so uh, the first book is Game of Thrones, which is the title of the show, as we know. Um, they only really went up to. Uh, well, it's book seven in the UK, but book five in the US because uh, books three and five were split into two books in the UK. Um, they're excellent reads, honestly. Uh, I've read them through twice, and there is the feeling of I'll probably never see the end of this. You know, I don't think he'll ever finish it necessarily. I hope he does, but I'm not expecting anything. Um, and there is that frustration sort of when you get to the end of it and you realize how many years have passed and you're like, for fuck's sake. And every single time you get to the end of it, you'll start going on the websites and think, has he dropped any hints or has he's, he's read out another chapter at some convention? But all of that bullshit aside, they're really, really excellent reads. Um, and there's so much, as as with all things that are adapted from books, there's so much more depth in there that you don't get to see on, on screen. Um, uh, and I think the way the show went is very different from where Martin was headed anyway, and definitely very different from where it felt like he was headed in the books. Uh, so they're excellent reads. So um, if you are a bit soured on Game of Thrones, uh, but are getting a bit of an interest again from the trailer that we saw today, um, yeah, maybe pick up the first book and then the second and the third and you know, have a read of those. I think after the... Um... The, the the impact of the the end of Game of Thrones is definitely different to where the book's going to go, mm-hmm. uh, whether intended to be or not. Um, we shall see. Um, uh, my recommendation is sorry, go. Then no, no, I was just going to say um, it, all, the the audio books are read out by Roy Daltrey's and they're amazing. I would also recommend the audio books as well if you want to go that way. But, sorry, sorry. Um, that's right. My recommendation is from Disney Plus, um, 
and is there and is Star Wars enter into the animated storytelling uh, under Disney Plus? Star mm. Wars Visions uh, mm. launched yeah. um, an anime feel to Star Wars. Um, they're different studios, different directors, different visions, different styles. Um, some of them I resonated more with than others, um, but all of them are brilliant in their own way. Um, all of them are really kind of bold in a lot of what they try and do. Um, and uh, just, just fascinating to watch kind of, you know, tropes and, and what we used to and, and work through. It's kind of a, 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 a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense, in the sense that um, we know that a lot of, um, uh, you know, Kurosawa and Seven Samurai and Thin Fortress went into influence Star Wars A New Hope. Um, so for that kind of samurai um, mm-hmm. culture to influence Star Wars, to then influence anime um, and get taken back to a samurai style culture is, is um, uh, just very interesting to watch. Um, some you'll love and want to watch again. Some you'll enjoy and once will be enough. Um, but I, I was really... Uh, blown away with with kind of how artistically variable and how, you know the, the different storytellers and the different beats and the different ways it comes through. Um, so definitely go and check them out. Good shout. Excellent. That's on my to watch list, uh, and this might push me along to watch it a bit sooner. I, I mean, they're, they're they're differing lengths, so you can kind of find some that you can fit in when you've got you know ten minutes and somewhere else where you don't need to watch them in any particular order. Um, but that leads us to Marvel's uh, animated tales. Uh, we are coming to an end. We have got one this week's episode that drops in mere hours' time. Um, so let us talk about what if Ultron won. Guessing the penultimate episode of season one of What If, we find out what would happen if. Ultron one, um, and it all goes a bit weird, basically. Uh, now this is the same Ultron we saw in the end of Party Thor last week. Mm-hmm. Although it kind of really isn't. Um, what did we think of? Episode eight of What If? Would you just... like to go ahead? Be sorry. <laughs> okay, I was. I think it was one of the best ones so far. Um, I mean, the Chadwick Boseman ones were my favourite, um, but for completely different reasons. I think... What did you think of last week's? You went. You went with us last week to talk about Party Thor. How did you find last week's? Uh, wishy washy, probably one of not the best ones. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it much. I didn't, I didn't see the point of it. To be honest, I think it was too, it was too comedic, um, for, for my liking. Um, yeah, what well, didn't didn't dig it. And what was uh, it? But, sorry, with on this one. 
this one I thought was action packed. Um, it was very well told. I think it it, it followed well, um, and completely believable uh, in the universe out there. Yeah, Ultron could become the most intelligent being and rule everything. Um, he finally did what Tony Stark created him to do. It's that thing, isn't it? If you create an AI to make paper clips, it will eventually just turn the whole world into paper clips. It will just keep making, making material because that's what it's there to do. Mm. The yeah, there were some lines in here which really bothered me. So, uh, the watcher talking about I have seen everything there ever was and every everything there ever will be. I am multiversally super omnipotent well you were you're not you weren't we saw that was that just for the benefit of showing off you know what was that line all about um and then we've sort of consistently heard um that there are infinite universes right yep Mm -hmm. and if within the bounds of the infinite universe there is a universe where Ultron can escape and destroy the multiverse, then there's all universes, there's infinite universes where Ultron can do that. So, uh, so I've talked about this before, there was a <laughs> weird link, but there was a Doctor Who episode once where there was um, uh, basically a, um, a bomb that could destroy the multiverse. Um, and the thing that wasn't stated in the episode, but you sort of know of, is that bomb could never, ever, ever work. Because if it could work, if there was any possibility of working, it would work in a in one of the universes, in which case this universe would no longer exist. So we know that Ultron cannot win this battle, because if he could, then there'd be an infinity of Ultrons doing it, and again, this universe cannot exist, and no universes can exist. You cannot ever have in an infinite multiverse, a thing that can destroy the multiverse. You can only have a thing that can destroy So your, your takeaway from this is you don't think the bad guy's going to win in the Marvel film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, there was odd lines that really kind of stuck out to me. But having said that, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I loved the, uh, I loved seeing more Clint and Widow. It's a shame again about the voice. For, I mean, they got a, a good voice actor, but Mm. It's quite jarring that you've got some and yeah. not others. Yeah, yeah. I think I would have preferred it if you didn't have any. Yeah, um, I didn't understand the Ultron voice. God, that was the worst. Because it's not Paul Bettany and it's not James Spade, and therefore, mm. that who is this? Completely and, new. And that was a weird one as well because you would think that would be the easy one to accept because okay, this is one some kind of in between two voices. But actually, oh man, I mean, Age of Ultron's not the best Marvel film, but James Spader's voice in that is just amazing. James Spader's mm. voice in anything's amazing. That's, of all the characters, all the actors they brought in, that's the one I wish they'd got back. I'd love yeah, to hear James Spader's Ultron again. And I just don't understand. So my, my, my brain struggles with it being a different voice because yeah. Ultron was James Spade. Yeah. Spader. Um, 
Vision was Paul Bettany because Jarvis was Paul Bettany. Yeah. Mm. But if the Vision body was due to be downloaded into Ultron, then it would have the James Spader voice. Yeah. If Jarvis had got involved and had been overtaken by Ultron, then it might have the Paul Bettany voice. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why it has a third voice. Well, I mean, it was a it was the same reason Black Widow was not. Um, yeah, but there's solid. there's there's kind of almost a matching of you know they that there's a there's a sound alike esqueness to it. Yeah, that was and the, the problem. problem is that was a problem. Yes. It was nowhere near either the 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 British sounding Vision voice that we're used to, or James Spader's very very distinctive cadence and tone. I think so, it was an attempt to do a James Spader impression, but it was just terrible. I, I mean, yeah. obviously, it wasn't it wasn't Bettany. I think there were bits, and it made it worse actually because they were like James Spadery bits. You made you miss him even more. Mm. And you know, because look, he's never gonna. He hated making this film. He was all wrapped up in a rig, and he had like cameras in his face, and you know, you could see all of that. He was what the fuck am I doing? Um, and you know they they didn't need to film it the way they did to be honest, but fine, whatever. Um, the only way you're going to get Spader back again is by saying, look, you can go stand in the sound booth and do it. You don't have to be wrapped up in a rig and all this kind of bullshit. This would have been great. It would have been great to have Spader and Ultron back for this. Uh, yeah, but with all that said, I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I quite I quite enjoyed it. Um, I quite enjoyed. The lines that bothered me aside, I enjoyed the the Natasha and Clint stuff. Um, I enjoyed, yeah, it was, it was it was one of the positive. I can't remember what number I'm on now, but it was one of the positive ones for me. Yeah, I mean, I I um, I didn't mind it. I, I I fairly enjoyed it. I I liked the the Clinton Bar- Clinton and, and Natasha stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that. Um, they did quite well with, you know, making them kind of have that, you know, survivor on the run style um, theme. And I, I think that both of their kind of their skill sets work very well with that kind of um, kind of story. So that worked out quite well. The Watcher um, was quite frustrating in this one in a lot of ways. And I know that's kind of part of the story is, you know, his his ego and his hubris gets the better of him, which is why he, you know, gets too close and can get pulled in, and you know, thinks himself omnipotent and and precognizant of all of this, but actually, you know, didn't see something fairly apparent and obvious happening. Um. So, yeah, it just it it was it was quite a bizarre take up. I I guess my biggest issue with it was. And it kind of you know goes back to something I said last week and put a pin in it last week. The the introduction of him last week meant nothing, was nothing, wasn't anything. Um, you know, we we know it's not the same old dimension traveling Ultron because he couldn't have done that without going through the Watchers multiverse, and he hadn't done that yet. So it was just a random, you know nothing other than a tease of a cool design of of Vision Ultron. Um, so yeah, it was just a bit kind of um, 
bit kind of odd and just kind of took away from what could have just been quite a natural little ending last week. Um, I, 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 I'm interested to see where it goes. I think we all kind of expect it to be a gathering of, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the guardians of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was all right. It was, it was, fine it was one of the better ones it's one of the more rewatchable ones mm. um but i don't think it's redeemed the series for me yet though can, can i just say one thing james um jay that you know you said oh, no the... secret identity has been revealed oh, i do apologize <clears throat> sorry I, uh, I control the edit uh, <laughs> um you say that disney always you know, make sure the good guys win. I mean, the one thing that we've seen in these what if episodes that the good guys don't always win. Mm. So who knows? You know, we have the final one coming up. Which which one did the good guys not always win? Um, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, is he the bad guy? He certainly wasn't the good guy. There were is, two Doctor Strangers and the baddie Doctor Strange one. Is he not? redeemable in the whole kind of i've seen what happens when you get lost in everything and you know wish to make amends mm-hmm. and then the um killmonger we're not quite it, sure where he stands on it killmonger one there was the death of the avengers uh, the death of the avengers you know where hank pym died yeah Loki they, they don't all end on happy endings. Um, yeah, Loki took that. over the world. And that's actually know? kind of a cool thing. You know, now that now that I think about it, that's a good point, Jay. Uh, B, sorry. Now that I think about it, they have at least used the what if formula to give you some different endings, which has been good. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say the bad guys win because I think that the ones that they've left, like for instance, the where Loki takes over the world. Um, you've got the Avengers coming together to to fight back and whatever. So even those ones have kind of got the the hope of optimism, even though it's kind of the Empire Strikes Back ending um, or the Infinity War ending, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, no, they have they have tried to kind of show that uh, things could be worse. Mm. Well, we have a, a few hours to find out. So we do, and and so you know, eight episodes in so far. I think we've all got ones we've loved, and all ones we've we've you know not enjoyed as much as the others. Um, how excited are you for a season two of this? Yeah, I am. It's been different, and you know, anything that's different is is a good thing in my book. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's an opportunity to go. I think this was the experimental one, and I'm glad it was experimental. Um, and I think there is a lot of learning from this, which we could get in season two. So if we're talking, hey, season two, which we commissioned years ago before season one ever came out, and, you know, which blah, 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 because there is a long run into the lead in time with, with animation, um, then maybe not so much. But actually, if it's a, hey, we've seen this and we've seen how this has gone, we're happy to play with the formula a little bit. And yeah, that would be cool. 
it's interesting. I read something with one of the, the the writers that said the story that they 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 weren't able to tell, they couldn't do. They were told to kind of stay away from blah blah. blah was um, Captain America as president, mm. um, and then as they're crashing through realities, one of the realities they crash through has got Steve Rogers being sworn in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I loved the fact that you know they they still kind of got. Their, their 30 seconds, not even of, um, you know, and in this world, Captain America's president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will wait and see. We shall see how the story ends um, in, in just a few hours' time um, and uh, then prepare for um, whatever's next. I, I, I don't actually know what's coming up next. Have we got... Is, because we've got about a month before, almost two months before Hawkeye, I think. Oh, do we actually have a gap? Oh, is it any Star Wars stuff in between? I don't think so. Mandalor- um Book of Fett is at the end of December. Oh, so there's actually... We might actually have a gap. Wow. We've got Black Widow about to land on Disney Plus mm-hmm. in, this, in, in a week. non-premium way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder what they're—they've been so good with keeping the kind of the weekly things going, um, and that's been part of the interest. In, in, I mean, obviously we do the show and things like that, but I was sort of thinking if we didn't have the show, I would probably still keep watching What Ifs because I'm used to the weekly stuff. I watched a hell of a lot of um, what was that boring one? The Star Wars one. Bad batch. Uh, bad batch. I, I watched a lot of Bad Batch, um, despite it being, you know, pretty awful. Just because, actually, you know, I wanted the weekly hit of a show to watch. I watched it all. Oh, rough. Some rough times. Yeah, it's not turned up on my recommendation list yet. Mm. Um. Yeah. No, I mean, it will it'll be interesting. I've not watched any of Why the Last Man yet, so that's that's when I want to go. Mm. And. Um, I've just been trying to finish because uh, I didn't finish it. Lock and key um, because there's season two is about to drop. Oh, um, excellent. So I, I, I was, I went back to try and finish off uh, lock and key, which, which has its moments, but feels a little uneven. I loved lock and key. That's really good. I, I, I just struggle with some of the pacing. Um, was Lock and Key the three kids in the house? Yes. Yeah, that was a. Uh, yeah. I think it's it it's brilliantly freaky, but but you know it, there's kind of it's an odd know, one. One Tree Hill in the middle of it, which. Yeah. yeah. Did we talk about this on the show already? I feel like we have. What One Tree Hill? Well, yeah, sure. But also Lock and Key. Maybe it was B. Maybe you recommended it or something. I. I... Did recommend it, I, th- I believe. Yeah. As as the only one that's actually finished watching it. <laughs> no, I watched it. I watched all of it. Did you? Oh. Yeah. Not recommending it, but I watched it. <laughs> Are you tuning in for series two? <laughs> Probably. In the um, same way you watched Bad Batch. <laughs> A bit of that. It was one of the shows that my wife and I watched together. We do struggle to find both of us shows. So that'll probably be the next one. Mm. We shall see. We shall see how it all plans plays through. Um, 
and then I'm I'm quite simply on the countdown to um, Sandman, which mm. fandom. 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 Should tell us more about. Have they given a date for that? Yes, and registration has opened for it as well. No, no, Sandman. Have they given? Uh, a date no, that's 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 I, what I'm expecting from oh, Fandom. Okay. Be registering um, for a Fandom. I, I I will be. Yes, I watched it um, last year. Um, enjoyed it. Do you get some NFTs if you register for it? I know. I saw that. Yeah, um, yeah I've I've, I've registered um, again. Watched it last year, um, partially because you know it gave us stuff to talk about for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the NFTs was an interesting um, thing. Uh, Ten days, eighteen hours, and sixteen minutes until Fandom. I may register for it. Do it. Go for it. Um, and uh, yeah, some really interesting stuff. So we will we will keep an eye on that. And I'm sure in a couple of weeks, we will be talking all about everything that um, uh, comes out of it. But until then, we shall uh, stop talking about random shit and go to bed, probably. Um <laughs> So, thank you very much for, for listening. Thank you very much for joining in. Thank you very much for continuing to get involved in the conversation at Kicking in Pod. And we will speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheerio.